Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. This is when life gives you Parkinson's. It's World Parkinson's Month, and if you are listening on April 11th, it is World Parkinson's Day. Do you say happy World Parkinson's Day? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, to mark World Parkinson's awareness, we're going to go down under for the next three episodes. Good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> I'm flying solo today. Uh, I hope you'll stick with me. We have uh, some great stuff around World Parkinson's Day uh, that I want to get to, and then we'll get into a great interview. Uh, we have a fabulous guest today, a clinician, author, educator, entrepreneur, a thought leader in the Parkinson's space. She is a real warrior in the Parkinson's community. But before we get to the interview, I want you to go to worldparkinsonsday.com, worldparkinsonsday.com. You can do it now. The podcast will still play. Uh, this is our home base, our, I mean, yours and mine. This is where we go to get the spark. What's the spark, Larry? Oh. Great, thanks for asking. Uh, it's a new international symbol of Parkinson's awareness. Now, the PD Avengers and 90 organizations and thousands of individuals from 83 countries have helped to design this, to imagine it, to influence it, and now are pushing it out. And we want you to help us share the spark. We want you to use it for World Parkinson's Day, but then beyond that, it's a symbol of Parkinson's awareness and unity that we're all in this together. And all these organizations are working together to try to find a way to put Parkinson's into the past. Now, I should mention the Spark is a professionally designed symbol from our friends at Franklin, a design firm in Brooklyn. Um, and it's essentially a lightning bolt or like the charging icon on your Apple iPhone or... You know, it's like the Gatorade bottle, lightning, but this is our spark. Uh, it's uh, in orange and black and white, and in a few places, neon green, which is very, very hip and cool and retro, <laughs> which, you know, I am. Uh, I've shared the spark many a times at www.worldparkinsonsday.com. It's super easy. Uh, you can either personalize the spark or share one of dozens of pre-made graphics on all the social media platforms, or you can just uh, download the whole set, make your own. Um, you know, it, it's really fun. Like you can write all over it. It's, it's a whole idea of think global, act local. You know, we encourage everyone to just write all over it, incorporate pictures, share your story with it. And the idea for the Parkinson symbol came from a PD Avengers working group for World Parkinson's Day. We wanted a symbol that added a sense of urgency to what we were doing, was instantly recognizable around the world, regardless of what language you spoke or what your cultural background is, and it could be customized and personalized for every organization and community. We believe the spark accomplishes that with bonus points. It's just really cool. Everybody's going to want it on your hat. And uh, you know what? You got to be in the club. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't signed up to be a PD Avenger, uh, you should, pdavengers.com. Uh, I am going to be heading to New York City in April, uh, and uh, unfortunately, Rebecca and Big H are going to be back home, but I'm going to the Parkinson's Unity Walk at Central Park. It is on Saturday, the 23rd of April. Uh, look for the PD Avengers booth. Uh, this will be the first time we take the PD Avengers on the road. Uh, 
So look for us, uh, hang out with us, ask us a question, get your picture taken. We'll have a prize draw every 20 minutes for copies of the Ending Parkinson's book signed by Dr. Ray Dorsey. And if you can't make it, you can still watch it. Metaflix is going to stream it live at metaflix.com. That's M-E-D-I-F-L-I-X.com. And we'll have that in the show notes. Now, Metaflix is a PD Avengers partner, and they want to be like the Netflix for credible information around health and wellness and disease. And they are focused on building up their Parkinson's video library this year. And I'm going to help add to that. <laughs> so on April 11th, the uh, new Parkinson's documentary will be making its world premiere. It's called The Long Road to Hope, Ending Parkinson's Disease. Dr. Ray Dorsey and Dr. Boz Bloom add expert insight as you meet 12 people from around the world who are living with Parkinson's, including me. Let's listen to the trailer. I would say get better soon and I will help you find a medicine soon so you can feel better. My children kind of don't know mom any different. My psychiatrist gave me some really good advice, which is basically like, your daughter doesn't know about this and she needs you to be her mom. That's your job right now is to be her mom. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know if I was going to die. I didn't know if I was going to be of any use to my industry anymore. Like, am I going to get fired from my job? Like, how does that work? What happens now? Like, all of our plans that we had just seemed to like go poof. Today, Parkinson's is the world's fastest growing brain disease. Worldwide, it affects up to 10 million people. Here in the United States, 1.2 million Americans have the disease. Another 200 will be diagnosed with it today, and unfortunately, another 100 will die of the disease. Dr. Ray Dorsey, a neurologist, says TCE, one of the chemicals found in the water at Camp Lejeune, is known to cause health problems. And upon that realization, I was very, very determined. I think that's the word. I felt determined. That's my new goal in life. Change the fact of Parkinson's is an old people disease. That's when I started the podcast, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. We're working with different foundations to help improve access to medication. Access to care is difficult for all individuals, even for physicians. Being a Parkinson's doctor, all of a sudden I could not do those things. I was looking at myself more than the patients going like, uh, I can't do that, I can't open my, my hand. I ended up stopping work, quit my job. I kind of went into self-destruction mode. <laughs> so I just recently had DBS in September of 2021. Already I just feel that it's much more even, there's much more predictability. I realized what was about to be a central part of my life. Tom learned about the importance of exercise himself. Little did I realize that playing table tennis would have a profound impact on my Parkinson's. When my hands shake, putting that paddle in my hand and seeing my tremors stop. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I've seen the sneak preview. Amazing. Uh, go to parkinsonstv.org. You'll find it front and center during uh, all of April of 2022. Or go to pdavengers.com and click the link for the Parkinson's documentary. Uh, we are so pleased to have Melissa McConaughey on the podcast today. Uh, in 2010, she was recognized as a specialist neurological physiotherapist, one of only eight of those at the time to hold that distinction in Australia. 
In 2015, she was a co-founder of PD Warrior, which is now taught and licensed in 10 countries. In 2018, Melissa pioneered the first online global summit for Parkinson's disease using cutting-edge technology well before COVID forced us to. The conference returns uh, this April 11th through the 13th as we mark the 25th anniversary of World Parkinson's Day. Time alert, April 11th in Australia is April 10th in North America. They're 17 hours ahead of Pacific time, 14 hours ahead of East Coast time. Um, and so uh, just be prepared for that. And if it's still April, but you've missed the uh, conference, you can uh, spend some uh, buckaroos, about 60 bucks, to get full VIP access to all the videos for a month. And uh, the proceeds will be split between some of the charity organizations, including the PD Avengers. So with that, whew, all right, let's go. Hello, Melissa. Hi, Larry. How are you? Well, you know, I have Parkinson's, but other than that, I'm doing fairly well. <laughs> uh, let's start with PD Warrior. What inspired that program? Um, our patients, really. I um, was contacted by a patient in 2011 um, asking me about some of this new literature that their neurologist had given them, and I wasn't across that literature. I thought I was well ahead of the game in, in Parkinson's rehab, but I certainly hadn't seen anything like that, and I was intrigued. Um, and so I looked into it a lot further and just uncovered this whole Pandora's box of all this emerging literature around neuroplasticity, which at the time was not a new concept. We'd been doing that in stroke rehab, MS, spinal cord injury for the last 20 years, but we'd never thought to apply it in Parkinson's. And so this new research was absolutely incredible to us. And so we started applying it to our patients and lo and behold, we started getting results that we'd never seen before. And it just encouraged us to go from step to step and we suddenly had this whole new toolkit that we could help people with and I remember shaking my head I had this like epiphany and I just went what what have I been doing with my patients for the last 15 years of my career I am just so sorry that I didn't know this and I couldn't help you and now like I became a little bit evangelical I think because I was just so impressed with how significant the results could be in a population that we hadn't been able to make changes with before. Let's go back. Neuroplasticity, for yeah. those who aren't aware, what is that? So that is basically the brain's natural way of creating more efficient pathways in the brain. So if one area is impacted, which it will be in Parkinson's with the damage to the basal ganglia or the lack of dopamine, the brain has an incredibly um, resourceful way of creating more efficiencies and better pathways. So it may not be as fast and it may not be as effective, but the brain is very capable of finding other ways to do the same thing. And so that's what we try and tap into in our rehab program. Now, having done it 15 years before reading this literature, but using neuroplasticity in other you know, modalities and treating other kinds of diseases, what, do you, what, what was the disconnect for the Parkinson's world that they never thought, oh, you know what, we should do that? Yeah, do you know, I don't know because at undergraduate I was always told, you know, you can't have people with Parkinson's walk and talk because they can't dual task. You know, you've got to wrap them up in cotton wool. I can't tell you the number of seated exercise classes I have delivered to people with Parkinson's who are fully capable of walking in with no devices and walking out and yet I have them seated for classrooms. That's just how we did it. That's what I learned and I never questioned it. And so we had this whole undergraduate swell of physiotherapists, my, myself included, who we just never thought to challenge it. And, you know, I kick myself now because I lost all those years helping patients. But 
you know, and even then I remember talking to an academic probably the same year that I started uncovering the literature and we started working with patients at this level of intensity that we'd never trialled before. And I said to her, you know, this is what we're doing in the clinic. These are the results. It's absolutely incredible. And she said, well, I see people with Parkinson's every day and I could, I don't know one of them that could work that hard. And so we also kind of had this handbrake mentality where we were taught by academics that it wasn't possible, therefore we didn't think it was and we never tried to do it. Um, and so thank goodness for these people that went out and pioneered, pioneered bringing this approach into Parkinson's because it, it has been life-changing for so many people. So it's, it's interesting. Let's talk about life-changing because uh, that means different things to different people. Sure. Uh, how, give me an example of how this has this intensive exercise program has changed somebody's life who has Parkinson's. Yeah, well, I mean, you you probably know better than me, but I think for somebody with Parkinson's, what my understanding is, is, you know, historically people have gone to their physician, they've been prescribed medication, they take it, but have never been really active in that journey. They've just been a passive participant, I guess. And what exercise does above and beyond making somebody fitter, move better, think better is I think it also empowers the individual to say, you know what, I can control part of this disease. I can manage this. And that mindset change, that perspective change, I think that's what's life-changing above and beyond the exercise itself. Um, and I actually learned this from one of my patients in the early days, Graham, and, it, you know, we finished a really intensive burst of therapy. And he said, you know what, I'm fitter than I've ever been and that's fantastic. But the thing that this has taught me is that, you know, my mate down the road's had a triple bypass. My other mate's had a hip condition. I have Parkinson's and I just have to live with it. You know, it's not something that now defines me. And I know that language is commonly used now, but that was, an, that was enlightening for me at that moment. And I think that perspective change has been incredibly powerful and it's gone on to help people remove that self-stereotype of having a diagnosis of Parkinson's. Well, then I can't work. I can't do this. I can't do that because I have Parkinson's. And then I think exercise gives them that, confidence to say you know what screw it so I can do this I can go and cycle up the toughest leg of the Tour de France or I can make that bed I can look after my grandkids and it gives them the tools and the resources to be able to do that so that's why I think it's been so life-changing for patients yeah there really is a self-stigma uh that people put on themselves with the diagnosis it's like I don't want anybody to know and I don't want it I don't want to be a burdened anybody and I, i'm just gonna you know but it's it's i don't know why parkinson's is such a stigma inducing diagnosis but like if i got if i broke my leg i wouldn't be afraid to tell anybody or my boss or if i you know like but like suddenly it's like you know i was eight months i was like who can i tell who can't i tell and, you know it's like it's like well it doesn't matter it's just part of who i am now and i gotta yeah. deal with it um i think the one thing that really shocked me I thought when I got my diagnosis that that was the start of my decline. Yeah. And yeah. I thought everything I'd lost up until that I was going to keep losing. And that's a, that's a big misnomer uh, for people with Parkinson's that you can get back what you've lost sometimes. Yeah. But you got to work yeah. at it. You do have to work with it. And I think, I, I don't know if you think this, but I definitely think that there's a groundswell and a changing perspective and how people feel about the diagnosis now, just because there's so much more literature available, that people are better educated, neurologists are better educated. It's not so doom and gloom. And I think I've met a lot of people who, contrary to other people have said, you know, Parkinson's has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Now that's not, a, that's, you know, only a very select few, but it's changed their perspective, their um, 
priorities in life, they've made new social networks, they've found purpose where they may not have had purpose before. Um, it, it, it depends on how people perceive it, I think, and that's why, again, exercise can be so powerful in, in empowering somebody to take those first steps when it's a degenerative diagnosis and doom and gloom, but it's, it doesn't have to be that way for many. Just how intensive is the PD Warrior program? I guess it's intensive in many ways, but I don't want to put people off. So I'll kind of speak about it in broad terms. It's intensive in that it's a 10-week challenge. That's our signature program. And we deliver it in 10 weeks because we really want to help people establish really good exercise routines and habits and goals. It's not about coming along, doing a rehab program and then, you know, falling off the wagon. We want to establish lifelong changes and behavior change so it's 10 weeks and that in itself is a big ask so people do need to be committed in that respect um, and then the exercises themselves are novel they're a bit weird uh, people go why the heck am I doing this exercise what relevance does this have to my everyday being what is weird How, what's, what's an exercise that's weird in your eyes um one that involves a lot of uh, crazy is an exercise that comes to mind. It's called crazy because it is crazy. It's hard to get your head around. It's got moving parts that are different, upper limb, lower limb. It gets the brain going. You're thinking about novel things. You're really stretching yourself in every way possible, but it's not necessarily something that you would automatically say that's, that's a functional thing that I do every day, like pulling dishes out of the dishwasher or something. So I found myself one day on all fours, next to somebody racing to the end of the wall with a, a voice activated uh, toy that would move, but only with your voice. Is that oh, the type of thing that you're talking about? Oh, Larry, I love that. I'm going to bring that into my group. I've got to find that toy. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, in a way, because it's not because we want the exercise to be creative or weird for the sake of it. We want to create an exercise that's novel, that gets you thinking that you have to master a new technique or something that you're not trying yourself. Because we know in Parkinson's that learned non-use is really significant and we want to overcome that that's the low-hanging fruit above and beyond working at the level of the impairment um, and so they need to be novel they need to be challenging in that they're upper limb lower limb they're cognitively challenging they you know everything is involved we throw everything at it and that's where the magic comes from and then I hate to say but it's hard work if, if it's not feeling like it's hard work you're not working hard enough and the reason why we say that is because we want, we know from the literature that the, the, the intensive exercise is what's going to trigger that release of BDNF, GDNF in the brain. It's going to prime you for better neuroplasticity. All of those things are what, uh, sorry, I've got my COVID puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, COVID puppy. Um, yeah. Oh, goodness, hang on. I was talking about the intensity basically and, um, yeah, I think it all comes down to we, we need you to be intensive. We need to, you to be working hard in order to get the best results from your exercise. It's, it's pretty much every repetition counts. You're yeah. not there to go through the motions. We want the best from every single repetition. Yeah, and, 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 and if you're just starting, let me just say, do whatever, do whatever exercise you're willing to do first because <laughs> yeah. that's the best one. Everybody asks me, what's the best exercise? I'm like, well, which one are you willing to do? 
If you're a tennis player, yeah. if you're golf, if you're whatever it is, get out there and move your body. That's a number one. And then when you're ready to be a PD warrior, <laughs> then you can sign up for the right. contention. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't want you to injure yourself. We don't want the boom and bust we've talked about. You need to be, you know, comfortable moving and, get, and getting a sweat up. Um, and if you already enjoy an activity or you think that you might, if you could move a little bit better, at the end of the day, that is key to what you're going to, what you're going to adhere to. Um, and so not, not only is enjoyment really um, important, so is having a training buddy, a family member, a friend, whoever it might be that can kick your butt if you're not getting out of bed on time or you've missed a session or, you know, putting in those accountability measures that are fun, enjoyable, but are going to make you turn up are, are really important as well. Well, in addition to PD Warrior, which is now available uh, not only down under in Australia and New Zealand, but also Spain and Scotland and Switzerland and England and Ireland and Northern Ireland and Wales and Canada. Every year around this time, Melissa and her team organize the Insight into Parkinson's Conference. It's still like a hidden gem for us folks in North America. People emailing me going, hey, Larry, did you know there's a Parkinson's Conference in Australia on April 11th? <laughs> yep, every year. Uh, Melissa, can you give those of us that are new to the Insight Conference a sneak peek of what they can expect? I'd love to, Larry. So this will be our fifth year running. Um, we've got two days where we have an, a really good lineup and program for people to attend. You can attend it for free. Um, and this year will be the longest running World Parkinson's Day Conference. So we pretty much are running the program in Australian time zone from nine to five. And then we repeat it again for our UK audience, European audience, and then again for North America. So it pretty much will run for 24 hours for two days. Um, and then we have a health professional event, which is the third day. Um, because obviously the more we can upskill our health professionals as well, the better outcomes everyone's going to get. So, um, yeah, we usually receive about ten to 15,000 registrations. But if it's remaining a hidden gem, we need to work harder to get it out there. Um, so, yeah, we just want everybody to be able to access really well curated, accessible information. And that's certainly what we observed here in Australia is it's very expensive to go to the best conferences that are available, WPC, for instance. It's not achievable for many. So we thought, well, we'll bring it to our community and it's become bigger and bigger every year. So that's pretty much insight and it's awesome. So if you're listening to this and it hasn't happened yet and you'd like to attend, come along and join. It's free and it's fabulous. It's every year on World Parkinson's Awareness Day. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, this coming uh, 2023 with the World Parkinson Congress, which is a fabulous com conference, and I say that as an ambassador. Yep, yep. <laughs> but it is, it's amazing. Overwhelming, <laughs> but yeah. in a good way. It's like yeah. you, you never knew you had such a great community. What's this, the current status of how people with Parkinson's are perceived in Australia? I feel like it's definitely changed a lot over the last five years, um, but I think the, the stigma still remains because most people think of people with Parkinson's as older gentlemen, so not representing women, not representing young onset. Um, and so I think that perpetuates part of the stigma. I think in terms of physicians, because of our universal healthcare system, I think we're well covered in terms of physicians, GPs, neurologists, movement disorder specialists. We've got good access to medications by and large. Um, 
but we also have a population that is rural and remote um, and definitely they struggle with accessibility. And I think, again, that's why Insight speaks so well to supporting people that don't have access to the metropolitan areas. So by and large, majority of Australian population lives on the eastern seaboard and it's well supplied, but the rural and remote areas, not so much. Uh, so if I was to attend Insight this year, which I will, um, <laughs> What what can I expect? I think you're presenting, aren't you? I think I might be uh, presenting. I might be leading a, a support group. <laughs> There's all sorts of things going on. Feedy Avengers are proud to be partners. Um, so what, what can people expect? Like, Give me a couple of topics that you're excited about. Um, so a couple of speakers and topics that I'm really excited about. Um, uh, we've got a mo movement disorders or a motor learning topic where... Uh, we've got Alice Neubauer, who is a huge um, speaker in this area, talking about motor learning. That's going to be really helpful for health professionals, learning how to better coach individuals for better outcomes. Um, I'm really excited about Ray, Ray Chaldiri talking about some of his work as well, because he is such an eminent speaker as well. Um, who else have we got that's really exciting? We've got Jay Alberts coming back again, and I love him because he's so big on intensive exercise. So if you want to understand why you have to sweat so hard and work so hard, Jay's talk will be amazing as well. Oh, I could keep going on. Terry Ellis, who does so much work in this mindset space, um, helping to understand barriers to exercise, which might help you there, Larry. If yeah, you're not that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing it down now. Yeah, I think, you know, her presentations are always fabulous and we've got um, some of her colleagues presenting as well on peer support. So, again, creating ways that you can build up your social support network so that, I guess, exercise or lifestyle changes become a bit easier and a bit more manageable on a daily basis. So the focus of um, Insight this year is living brave because, that I mean, live brave is our motto for Pitiwara. We want people to feel like there are adventure awaits you've just got to figure out what works for you um, and so we really want to have a really inspiring conference because there is so much going on globally it, it we want to create less of the silos more of the collaboration it's hard to do networking online and again that's where the WPC does just something so beautifully um, so you know coming along and getting that information talking to the academics it will all be online I think that's what insight really offers is a very accessible um, well-curated, living, brave approach. Um, and so, yeah, if you're coming along, make sure you check out the Live Brave Corner because that's, again, some really inspiring stories from everyday people living with Parkinson's, making changes in their life, positive changes. Listen, I can't wait to uh, to be there for Insight. And uh, thanks so much for your time, Melissa. Uh, it's, it's amazing work. Uh, and we'll make sure all the details for the conference are in the show notes and, uh, so, and all the links so they can uh, people can go there now and check it all out. Larry, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I look forward to seeing everybody and especially you, Larry, at Inside. I might have to give you a reminder email. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, I promise. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's, a Curious Cast podcast. Our story producer is Dila Velazquez, sound designed by Greg Schott. The presenting partner is Parkinson Canada. Diagnosed with Parkinson's? You're not alone. Parkinson.ca Thanks also to our promotional partners, the World Parkinson Congress 2023 in Barcelona, Spain. Make plans to be there with us. Go to WPC2023.org for details. 
The Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's podcast, hosted by me, available on Apple Podcasts and at MichaelJFox.org. PD Avengers, a global alliance of people with Parkinson's, their friends, family, uniting to the cause of ending Parkinson's disease. Join now at PDAvengers.com. If you go there now, there's a lot of cool stuff that's up there. So click events page, find out what events are going on. It's really cool. And please, no, no matter when you are listening to this, go to worldparkinsonsday.com and share the spark. It's not just a April 11th thing, it's a Parkinson's thing, and you can never turn your Parkinson's off, so the spark must stay alive. Spotlight YOPD, the only organization in the world with a singular focus of raising awareness of young onset Parkinson's, spotlightyopd.org. And if you would, just do me a little favor. I would really appreciate a personal recommendation to your friends to share the podcast, tell them how great it is. Uh, maybe maybe recommend your favorite episode just to get them hooked. Uh, personal recommendations are always better and uh, very effective in growing our audience, which then raises awareness of Parkinson's disease. So keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time.